0: Hello and welcome to Right Hearted with me, Stuart Wakefield. Today I am joined by novelist and short story author Anne Goodwin. Anne, thank you for coming on the show.
1: Thank you, Stuart. It's lovely to be here.
0: Oh, it's lovely, lovely to have you. Now I always ask um, writers you kind know, of how they how they got going, and I was fascinated to see that you are a former clinical psychologist. Um, so how did those careers either merge or when did you decide to make that switch from you know clinical psychology to to writing
1: yeah that's that's an interesting question because i think i think they come from sort of similar needs in me in terms of um how to understand people and how okay. to understand myself through that um so that's um, my fiction's usually quite heavily character-based and I'm kind of intrigued about people and, and and intrigued about the things that we keep hidden or that we find difficult about about ourselves. So as a writer, I, I mean, I've always written since childhood and um, I had a sister who, or well, still have rather, a sister who's two years younger than me. So I used to tell her stories and make little magazines for her and and things like that so I had um quite a good audience from when I was young however aside from that I was I was very shy about sharing my writing and and it was very much kind of like a a private thing that felt like it's not right to do it somehow so anyway I kind of I you know went to, to university I I studied and kind of um drifted into clinical psychology in a in a way even though it's quite a competitive field and, and hard to get into it was um I, I was quite lucky to, to get into that. Um, and that was um quite intensive as as you can imagine, um quite intellectually and emotionally right. challenging. So I didn't have much time For an energy for for writing, and at that time, I I wrote um, clinical notes and academic papers, conference papers, things like that. Um, But I wasn't writing much much fiction. Then I had my midlife crisis, (laughs) um, particularly you know in in a job which is about. tending to other people's needs more than your own, mm. I had to start thinking a little bit more about what my ambitions were or, or what am I might yeah. want to do. So I carved out a little bit of me time to okay. focus on, on my writing um, to see if I could make something of it and... Um, I mean, it was it was partly for pleasure of exploring things that I was interested in, but I was I was um, I wanted to to be published. I read a lot of fiction and okay. um, knew, you know, that was where I, I wanted to be with mine. Yes, um, but it was a lot harder than than I expected. Really, <laughs> you know, when you write, when you kind of used to writing, you know, as a lot of us are, it's sort of writing in our day jobs, um, you kind of don't realise how different it is and yeah. how much work has to go into it. So it was a it was a long time really sort of learning how to do it, how to write something that, that other people would want to read, but worth it in in the end.
0: It, yes, absolutely. <clears throat> so what kind of what were your kind of biggest challenges did you think in in starting to write fiction Um,
1: I think it's just knowing that um thinking about how it's received as by the reader is different to how you think of it yourself and um yeah, just kind of learning how to to express things that maybe seem obvious to yeah. to me, or um, don't you know, that aren't so so clear, and get how to get that across to 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 readers. And I suppose the other thing is um, editing. That I mean, I really I love editing now, okay. but it was it was such a difficult thing of realising that yeah. because the first novel that I wrote, which was completely unpublishable, I thought all I had to do was write 100,000 words and that would be it. That it wouldn't right. it would be done. <laughs> if um, only it were that easy. Yeah, and of course <laughs> it, it, it wasn't. So, so that kind of realising how much work has to go, go into it. But, I mean, once... I got that through into my head um, yeah. and adapting to, to that, it becomes something something different and um, enjoyable in, in its own way. But I love the, the thing of, uh, you know, you look at your text and maybe you think it's terrible or maybe you think it's it's brilliant and it's quite hard to sort of position yourself in between yeah. that. But to look at something that you've written and, and discover how you can make it better and um in all kinds of ways and more, more meaningful. I really enjoy doing that.
0: So how did you I don't meet many writers who enjoy editing. What is it about editing that that you do enjoy?
1: Yeah. Um, I think it's just that 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 um there's a moment when it changes from being, Oh, this is dull and boring, you know, and, and do I have to think about, you know, what does that comma go there or there? And, you know, what's the yeah. like better word? And then it seems to just for me to go down to a deeper level right. where I'm more, you know, I've, I've thought that I was emotionally engaged with the material before that, but it goes deeper and I, and I, yeah. find that I'm more into the characters, the situation, and I can see that I'm definitely making it better. So it's like I think it's the the um the realization that that it's getting better
0: yeah, that I like
1: yeah. and I mean, good I
0: mean I, I I used to hate editing until I started working with an editor and then I kind of learned learned to love it, which is kind of, you know, why i do what i do now um i I did there was something we have in common other than both being authors and that is both of us were up um for the polari first book prize Mm -hmm. um and thankfully we weren't up at the same time because i think you (laughs) i think you probably would have uh certainly would have would would have beaten me uh but i was one of 10 books uh, long listed, and you were one of six shortlisted. So you were shortlisted in 2016. Yes. Um, tell me more about that book, um, Sugar and Snails.
2: This is Sugar Beautiful and cover.
0: Snails. Beautiful cover. Beautiful covers. They're uh, gorgeous.
1: Isn't it? This is about a woman who's kept her past identity a secret for Again. 30 years, I'm afraid she'll lose everything if the secret gets out Um, she's felt a misfit as a child and has found a way to fix herself in her teens unfortunately solving one problem has created another and she's stuck with this secret and it's impacted on She's kind of reserved with with other people. Always, you know, anxious about about what's going to happen. So it's it's kind of blighted her life. Even though she's she's relatively, you know, she's got a decent job, um, right? But she's always kind of looking over her shoulder.
0: Where did the where did the inspiration for that that character? Where did that come from?
2: It's
1: it's always difficult to know sort of where um, these ideas come from, isn't it? And and um, because I, with my work as a clinical psychologist, people have often assumed that it, it's come from there, but it, it it's it's not really. I, I you know I, I don't have other than being interested in character. I was interested in um, invisible vulnerabilities which is is I suppose, what a, a big factor in diana the the main character's life and um one of the things you know that there was a few quite a few things came together with, with, to okay. to um to make the, the the story sort of it was often sort of um not really kind of planned but even just the inspiration came from various areas but there was um I remember reading a newspaper report about a woman who um, was actually a, a professor of psychology some, somewhere so she was she was quite successful she she died of anorexia nervosa okay. and none of her colleagues or family knew that she had these difficulties wow. now she she must have been very. Skinny mm. to 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 die of it, and yet she was so, I guess, so competent in other areas of, of her life that um, she covered it up. So, so although this this novel isn't about a, a woman with, with anorexia nervosa, it, it is about a woman who um, has self harmed since, right. since childhood, and. Um, she's successfully kept kept that hidden. So I was like quite interested in that factor of uh, you know how we how many of us do that to to a degree. Um I think people are, are quite lucky if if they don't have anything that, that they feel um makes them feel vulnerable or, or um they want to hide. Um, And I was kind of interested in in this notion of a false self that's built up to protect the the vulnerable side. Um, I was also just kind of generally interested in in adolescence. It's about a woman who's... um, The the Contemporary Strand, which is set in 2004, is about her... um, in middle age, so it's a it's a mid it's kind of a midlife coming of age story. Okay. But there are um, flashbacks to her childhood and, and adolescence, right. which um, was quite challenging for her. And generally, I was interested in adolescence. Um, my own adolescence had, had been very difficult, and yeah. um, I don't think I've ever completely got over it. Um, and I, I, sometimes I'm just amazed at you know when you think of the physical and psychological changes we go through yeah. in adolescence. I'm amazed at how well, generally, we we survive that and, and, yeah. and, and get through it. There's just so much going on at, at that yeah. time it's <laughs> in, in exploring that. And I was interested in in um, the concept of of gender, what that yeah. means, why it, it means a lot to us, and in a way, there's a there's a a line in in um, the book which is get a bit um, tricky if because it's it's got to do with, with nerdy aspect of, of mathematics. But okay. the, um, the, Diana's best friend, Venus, who has, um, doesn't know her, her secret, but has, has always been support, is a mathematician. And when they, um, they're talking about uh, gender, you know, the, the, the kind of looking at why, why does that matter? Something that's kind of, it's socially constructed, so in right. a way it's not real but it has such an an impact and she says it's um, like God and the square root of minus one And the square root, it's a very nerdy thing but the square root of minus one is a lovely thing in mathematics that enables amazing calculations to be done but it's not real because if you know I'm really really rambling here but um, (laughs) if you know if you think about um, a number squared, it's always a positive number. So can't, right. there isn't a real square root of, of minus one. Maybe we need to gloss over that for, before everybody turns off. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so those were the three things that I was interested in. in, in invisible vulnerabilities, um, adolescence and, and gender.
0: So... So you know, if I'm if I'm very open, I I had a breakdown about twenty years ago, and I was in the mental health unit for one week. And what I experienced there, I could easily write 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 a book about, or at least three or four, you know, very kind of compassionate, although troubled characters. With a career in clinical psychology, I would imagine you've got some pretty eye watering stories to tell. How much? Do you think of your um clinical experience either you bring or you would consider bringing to your writing?
2: Yeah.
1: Um first of all, I don't I can't I do you know like I do people have told me some 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 interesting stories um those which influence me as a person who who I am and therefore To some degree, influence my writing. However, um, I can't actually share those stories because they're they're told to me in confidence. Um, But I think a big thing for me that that I get from my career is the the training in understanding character and the um the, the what what lies un- underneath what we we show on the surface and empathy I think I think I think all fiction writers tend to be you know quite good at empathy because we have to get inside the heads of of another character who may be somebody who's quite different to us or maybe similar to us but Making those those differences, um, yeah. but that, that is is so embedded in my training and and my work, and I suppose the, the kind of um, comfort with um mental health issues or mental disturbance of of, of of to any degree to sort of like to to a, a minor degree um, that I that that I yeah I feel quite quite pulled to toward towards that which can make for quite interesting yeah you're smiling so,
0: so do you think that that background makes you kind of especially good at, at giving characters kind of psychological complexity
1: yeah I- I think that's where it comes from for me i think right. other writers get get it in a, a different way I, i'm not saying that necessarily it makes me a, a better writer yeah. but in terms of how um how i think about yeah. people is um yeah quite kind quite fundamental really to to me
0: good so I was also interested in in I think your second novel, uh, underneath, which is about a man who um, is going to become a father, and then kind of psychologically unravels. Um, so, I mean, it looks very disturbing, <laughs> but but I mean, for for all the right reasons. Again, it has a beautiful cover. Um, you know, the book ja- jacket copy is absolutely fantastic and you know all of your books um you know i was doing research for this interview um i've added to my my uh, want to read pile and to be fair i could have done that based on your book covers alone (laughs) when you. you put that in with your book jacket copy i mean for me it's like i have to read this book and you know you've got fantastic reviews across across sugar and snails and um underneath. Can you give us a little bit of a flavor about, you know, kind of what underneath is, is really about what themes you're exploring?
1: Yeah. Just saw that again. So yeah, like you say, I mean, it's, it's a man who, um, things start to go wrong for him when he, um, in a way, I mean, I don't really like to use this, this, this word, but it's the easiest to come to me when, when he becomes more not normal, so he's out, okay. he's drifted. He's um, he's kind of a, a, an overgrown adolescent in, in a way. He, he's he's 40. And he's drifted. He's 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 enjoyed sort of traveling abroad, working abroad in, in different bits of of jobs. But he decides it's time to settle down. His mother is um, now in a care home with with dementia, so he's going to move back to Britain perhaps to be nearer her or per- perhaps perhaps not really um, so he he's he's coming to some money he, he buys a house and he finds uh, he finds he he, he meets um, a lovely woman Lisa who agrees to to move in with him um and he he, he gets a job so it's so steady um and he but but at least and and one of the things that draws them together is is that neither of them would have children, and he doesn't really explore his his reasons, but he's never known his father uh he, he his parents were married but his father died before he was born, and his mother was grieving at the time that she was she was nursing him which um had an impact on how much okay. she could bond with him and, and and care for him in in the way that he needed. He's very unpsychological in how he look, looks at things so he doesn't re- kind of really think about that. Liesl um decides actually changes her mind she does want to start a family um She, time's ticking on for her. So she's, she's, um, eventually, after several conversations trying to persuade him, she issues an ultimatum that she will leave if he, um, won't agree. And, um, that's when, again, I'm going to show the, show the cover. He, um, so he lives in a house which has a cellar at the, Okay, the, the house at the top, and he has a cellar. So, so he's he has an idea that he would he doesn't really want to choose between um leaseful and fatherhood, so or not, or opting out of fatherhood. Uh, so he has an idea of how he can make her stay, and he okay, does have a cellar. In the house, it's it's. I mean, it is quite disturbing, but it's perhaps it's more um, psychological suspense than thriller. It doesn't have as it obviously it does have twists to it. It Doesn't it? Isn't perhaps as as plot based as as people would expect from a from a thriller? And because it's narrated by Steve the main character, the man Um, it's very much like from his point of view, how does he try to justify his behaviour and rationalise what's going going on for himself uh, as much as as for anyone and um, yeah the question is can that work out for him, perhaps it Perhaps it won't.
0: <laughs> and did you? What were the challenges of getting kind of inside the head of uh, you know that that kind of narrator? Um,
1: again, I, I didn't, I didn't find it that that difficult, which is okay. is, is kind of worrying. And I mean, he's 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 not a, he's not a nice character but because i've right. been inside him and i kind of know why he is the right. way he is
2: yeah.
1: um he's he's not i mean I, I wouldn't i wouldn't justify what what he does by any means okay. but i do have some um sympathy for, for his, his motivations if not for his for his actions so right. sometimes, in if in reviews, people are say, "Oh, it's horror! It's terrible! It's horrible You know, they're all horrible carrot characters. I'm thinking, but it's my Steve, poor, Steve. <laughs> poor Steve. Um, so yeah, he's. I didn't, I didn't find it. So I mean, what? Obviously, you know, it, it's the layers and layers and layers that you go into, and you know, yeah. uh, as, as the, the author. Um, but I didn't find him particularly any more difficult than any other characters to, to gain.
0: Okay, well, as I say, it's 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 on my TBR list. You know, having looked at some of the reviews, you know, I mean, I write romance, so I love reading light and fluffy. But because of my job, I read have to read very wide. Um, and having seen the reviews, when people you know unsettling, chilling, you know, twists, all that kind of thing, I'm just like, okay romance might be my thing but I absolutely have to read this book. Oh,
1: um, I love the sense I mean this is kind of an, an anti-romance isn't it in the sense of this,
0: Yeah yeah and you know I think it's interesting to explore all different sorts of love.
2: Yeah.
0: Um so yeah I I'm you know I'm I'm definitely definitely up there on my you know, one of my my books to be reading very soon. So let's talk about uh Matilda Windsor is coming home which is your latest novel. What what um brought you to, to write that? Because that's about um, siblings who've been separated for 50 years.
1: Yes. Yeah. So um yeah, Matilda Wends is Coming Home is about um, brother and sister separated for 50 years and the idealistic young social worker who tries to reconnect them. And the main character um Although those three characters are are three points of view characters. Um, The main character, Mattie, has been a patient in a long-stay psychiatric hospital for 50 years. Since um, She was admitted in, it's set in the late 1980s, 1990s. Um, She was admitted in, in 1939 at the age of 20. After having what was called at that time an, an illegitimate child, right. so her, her story is pretty tragic, um, but she is quite uh, a, an upbeat character. Um, she so so she's in in this hospital, but she doesn't see it as as, as a hospital. In her yeah. mind, it's a, a, a stately home her, her family owns this, this place That shes she's the um, a society hostess so the other patients are her house guests, the okay. staff are the, the servants and the psychiatrists who come to interview her are um, journalists who are wanting the, the latest. Uh, society gossip so she's she's actually um both tragic and and fun because i wanted i mean it is say you know you have your own experience of um being in a psychiatric hospital and there are very interesting characters there but it can be quite um Quite painful, I think, to to um, to connect with them, and I wanted my um, the reader's experience to be not not I I guess not too too miserable, not too depressing, Um, which was why I I made her to be more upbeat with what we would call um, or what the the psychiatrists call grandiose delusions and she um but not on, on her own She that makes the novel quite funny um but not just through her and, and what she does um but also it it's kind of tragic at, at the same time and i wasn't sure i mean it wasn't my intention to write a a funny novel and because um people with mental health issues can sometimes be uh, even nowadays that the butt of, of jokes which um obviously you know is isn't is you know unacceptable
0: um so if you have been institutionalized for that long what's what's her kind of view of of where it is that she's she's staying
1: what's her view so she she, it's likely that she's been unnecessarily well. I mean, everybody has been unnecessarily um, institutionalized. None of them should have been there for that length of, of time. So she, because she's she's lost the skills that she had. She was actually admitted at at the age of twenty. Um, she was running house at that time looking after her younger brother so i mean she, she didn't have a, a job in the way that a lot of women didn't it's 1930s didn't have in, in those days um but she had ambitions for the, for the future um and all that has, has been lost and, and one of the main things um, particularly Early on before the um before the nineteen sixties and seventies right. um what was rewarded in hospitals was was conformity people um weren't encouraged to well were actively discouraged from um thinking for for themselves doing anything that um Expressed their individuality and preferences and, and choices. So, so, I mean, one of the things that the tropes in, in the novel, which, um, a lot of people recognize from, from the oldest island was that, um, tea was served to the patients with milk and sugar already added to, to the pot. So regardless of, uh, their preference or even if, if, if they drank um that was they just got it as it came right. so really it was um a mammoth undertaking for um helping those people to recognize that actually they did have some choice in in, in these very minor matters of of their their lives and and I mean the the novel set as as I say in in the um, late nineteen eighties, early nineteen nineties, when the regime um, was had changed quite a lot, and there were efforts being made to teach people um, or re, you know help them recover some of the lost skills, but. Um, you know that 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 was was quite hard, and because also, um, economies of scale. You know there there would be um, two or three nurses on a shift looking after thirty people. Very difficult to um, enable people to 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 have express their their individuality, much easier to, to treat people as a batch, everybody's the same. And in the earlier days, you know, people didn't even didn't have individual clothing. Um they were bathed um when the timetable said they should, you know, rather than when they they felt they needed to. So 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 much of kind of lost skills, lost 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 years and a uh, lost opportunities really so um to to cope with 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 that you know my my character matty has um developed these fantasies of of what her experience is, is, what the the place that that she's living there that it isn't a hospital and and that is seems to me a a very valid coping strategy although you know, from I don't know what you know what your experience of, of psychiatry has been in, and how comfortable you are with that model. But the um the idea that her her um reality was less valid than than that of, of the doctors who you know give give it a particular yeah name you know a diagnosis a classification um but it, you know hers has enabled her to, to cope. but now you know when things are changing change um can be good you know it's change for positive reasons but it's also sort of unsettling and you know it's it, it's she's 70 and um nowadays 70 is not very old but you know, even thirty years ago, I, I think it was quite old, and particularly yeah. for somebody who had spent a long time in 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 hospital, had a lot of drugs, etc. So, in I mean, in the novel, I really wanted to honour those people I'd known there who who had kept these sparks of individuality despite everything that was. Was against them in terms of you know that they were perhaps still dealing with um, psychotic experiences, hearing voices, or or whatever, um, and uh, you know that the regime that was so stultifying. Yet, once you you know if you could make that connection, that sort of spark of, of personality would come come through, it. and the people who had been. Invisible, really. They, you know, they've yeah. been put away and forgotten about to to a large degree. So, yeah. So Matty, with her with her bright polka dots, she's <laughs> sort of a, a very
0: swatch. well coordinated there. and
2: <laughs> we are, we
0: are. <laughs> so, those of you who are who are listening, um the cover of, of Anne's latest book, uh Matilda Windsor, is coming home. Is um, a woman carrying a bag, uh, wearing a red polka dot dress, and Anne is wearing a very similar similar dress, if not top. Uh, so yes, beautifully coordinated there, Anne. Um, how do you do you um, feel about the way um, therapists and psychologists are kind of portrayed in the media? Hmm. I think I
1: think they're portrayed in a lot of, of different ways. That um, What I feel, um, I mean, it, it's easy for me to answer that sort of in a back-to-front way. What what disappoints me is how, um, if there's a psychological issue to be explored, mm. it's often a psychiatrist who gets to front that, who very likely doesn't have the expertise. Mm. Um, psychologists I don't I mean, I don't know how do you how do you think they're portrayed in, in the media?
0: And I I just think that, you know, you often hear, you know, policemen who are watching like procedural dramas and things like that and, you know, they get quite wanna <clears throat> use the word uppity but they get quite um, passionate about, you know, the way they're portrayed and, you know, the way different procedures and stuff work. If you were reading a novel in which there was a therapist or, a, you know, a psychologist, then it wasn't really, it didn't really feel like well-researched. Um, what, what does that kind of do to you? Is that like kind yeah. of trigger anything?
1: Right. Yeah. 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 You've touched the spot. The spot. <laughs> <No>. Um <laughs> Oh yes, I'm thinking sort of like less in the, in the major, but in fiction, um, right. I've I've read um, at least eighty novels featuring right. a, a fictional therapist, and um, not all of them are, are, are main characters. And usually, there's something very kind of really very inaccurate about that. Right. Um, I mean the thing about therapists is, is there's, there's a whole range of different ways that they can be and, and the same with clinical psychologists there are so many different models Um, almost you could argue that any way of representing them would be would be okay however that the, there's there's something that that I feel is is often missed really and one is that um, just how that how the, the the therapist would would talk to, to somebody is 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 often just kind of wrong. That they're often portrayed as quite pushy in terms of right. you know the, the questions that they ask. Whereas, I mean, I'm quite biased as well of my, my, the particular model of, of yeah. therapy that that interests me is, is based on that. Um, psychoanalytic foundations which is much more sort of exploratory so um there there are some models that are, are prescriptive um but i think um you need to if you do, if you're writing about that that model you need to know it very well so yeah sometimes they're quite pushy sometimes they don't um get to the they get they, they solve the issue far too easily That, um, you know, as if there's just, you just have to say, find something once and that, that, you know, there's the the cure. Whereas often for therapists, there's there's the going round and round the material repeatedly. Um, But often the other thing that's missing um, is the recognition that the, the therapist, well, often there might be a recognition that the therapist will probably have their own issues However, the, there's often not an acknowledgement that that the therapist will actually be dealing with th- with those. So the therapist having their own issues makes the, the fiction interesting, yeah. because it can be addressed as well. And you know, we all have our vulnerabilities, and perhaps it's the vulnerabilities that attract us to that work. Um. But that the but a, a competent um therapist who is practicing professionally will also be having um their own clinical supervision so they're not you know trying to solve the issues on on their own and they will should have had or or be having their own therapy whereas often in fiction um the therapist will talk about their their clients with um friends or, or or kind of people in the in their their family or uh, right. things like so so and I think that kind of gives a false idea of yeah. confidentiality which can be you know sort of quite upsetting if, if for some you know, it can be off-putting for somebody who's reading about it and yeah. and considering therapy
0: have you ever been tempted to, to contact a, an, an offending author
1: I write reviews, so no, um, I, I yeah, I, I can't. I review them, so so that's there to see. And, I, and I'm quite picky. And right. other people do point out to me. Well, you know, I'm just picky because I know I've got the background, and, and yeah. in a way, it doesn't matter. It's it's fiction, and. Um, But I do, I do like locally where I live in Nottinghamshire. I've um, I run a little workshop on um, creating a fictional therapist because there's so much potential actually to use a therapist as as a character. You know, because you can have those parallel narratives um, with, and also that you know that, that they can be the person who gets to the to the into the depth of of the issues and um, so yeah I, I i tackle it that way i, I don't I, i'm not going to go around with a, a gun and stuff right. <laughs> but i think as well it's sort of i mean the thing as as well is and this again happens that um therapists do some therapists do blur boundaries and um are inappropriate and sexually inappropriate with with their clients, but right. the way I see that happening in fiction is that it's they get into it too easily, too too quickly. Yeah. Whereas you know, I think, or rather, I hope, and perhaps it's about you know, being overly precious about my my profession that um, people would be more more
0: cautious, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You, you know, I've I found you know, a couple of times, you know, coaching writers, when you start to get into, you know, why are you the best person to write this book, that can sometimes start to take a turn when I get doubts and I start to think, well, I'm not a therapist. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can go so deep with you to try and get you to understand or really think through why you are writing this material. But if that material is very sensitive and personal to to a writer, um, you know, what what are there any particular warning signs that you, you think, you know, a book coach could potentially look out for before they kind of say, listen, I I think you might need some kind of professional help
1: interesting. I, I, I've not been asked that that before, but it is interesting, and, and I suppose it applies to other areas as well. When we, you know, yeah. or even sort of chatting with friends, is that kind of a realization that it, it, you know, we it's getting deeper than might be appropriate. I mean, but I would also say that, that you you're not you're not responsible yeah. for that, in yeah. a sense that that and i guess there are there are different kinds of of constraints and sort of boundaries around that that role yeah. that, that you have as a, as a as a coach um but I, yeah i don't know i mean i was going to say if it's making you feel uncomfortable but maybe mm. i don't know how it how much of a sign that would necessarily be because it, it you know, it, it could be about your own issues yeah. rather than than theirs, yeah. and it is difficult because it, it's kind of if something somebody's telling you something quite juicy, it can be tempting to, to sort of nudge them at, along. alarm. Um, yeah. yeah, it's interesting, but maybe it's about coming back to the task what is what is the task and if you're clear about your task is to help the book yeah. rather than the person, although yes, obviously yes, there's, exactly. there's a huge overlap in that, um then it I think that's just a kind of safety line.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that, to- for me if it's it, if they're crying so much we can't get to the end of a conversation. <laughs> You know, or we're having to kind of drop calls because you know, obviously they're too they're too you know emotionally um, impacted by you know the material we're we're getting into. Then that's the point that right now I would say perhaps you need to to go and talk to somebody. Um, but yeah, I think there's definitely something in there about kind of drawing boundaries and 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 you know what you've said that kind of sixth sense when you start to feel uncomfortable your, yourself. Um, talking about being uncomfortable. So you offer a service that I've never seen a writer offer before, which is, um, you know, book clubs um, can book time with you. And because of the layers of, of um, you know, the, the psychological angles that you're, you're taking, you know, your books are perfect for book clubs because you're dealing with a lot of, a lot of different issues. I've never seen an author offer kind of online Q and A's with, with, uh, book clubs, um, but I understand you'll go and like meet a book club as well. What's what's that like? Walking into a room of, of readers who've had that kind of shared experience of your work?
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, a bit of it's scary because yeah. um, there will there's bound to be things that they haven't liked about the book, and you don't quite know what that balance is, go- is going to be. Which right. I was just thinking you know we're talking about therapy, it's a bit like therapy being scary, that you, know, you don't quite yeah. know what's what's gonna come up um and it's it's also exciting because what I love and um I don't know you know it, if you've experienced this this too is, is' when somebody sort of finds something in your work that you didn't quite know you'd put there. And it's something that they like about it, yes. uh, preferably. That kind, I mean, that is priceless, that kind of feedback that, you know, they've taken this story that's, you know, come out of my head and they've taken, it's sort of done things in, in their head, you know, that this right. something new has come from it. And uh, I I feel that it's... it's such an honor as as a writer to discover that about your work that because you know every person i mean every book every every time a book is read it's different it becomes yeah. it's a different book depending yeah. on the reader and that you know people take different things from it based on who they are and what their experience has been so I love that and then when you've got a um a group of people in the room who will also have different ideas and they'll be sort of bouncing their ideas off each other it is it, extremely rewarding uh, so I think you know it's, it's kind of quite nice for book groups to have an author visit them but it's it's very yeah nice
0: for the authors as well in my experience now i often hear you know writers talking about um writer's block and i'm kind of in two minds about whether it whether it really exists i think there's something in there between procrastination and knowing there's a problem and being reluctant to get in there and get in there and tackle it um from a psychology point of view what 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 advice would you give to a writer who is is suffering writer's block
1: I also kind of I'm skeptical about it I think it's um I think it's it's, it's a fancy name for just not being in the mood for it or having an an obstacle I, I think I mean, people say about, you know, oh, just get out. I think there are two views of, of it. it's like, oh, isn't this terrible that, you know, this dreadful thing that only writers suffer from because we're such sensitive people and, you know, have to be very careful around it. And then there's another extreme view that I see taken is that, um, oh, just pull yourself together and get on with it. You know, plumbers, yeah. there's no such thing as plumbers' job. The job is is just to write and do it. And I'm sort of, I don't really hold with either of those views. I think that um, we write for a reason and we stop writing for a reason. And sometimes that might be um, that we're, we're tired, that we actually need a break. From yeah. it and that's very difficult if you if you're a writer who has has deadlines to meet yeah. you, you can't do that but if you write particularly if you're writing um character based fiction that that uses your emotions a lot then you're going to get a bit sort of jaded from that at times and and you need to go and do something different and yeah. um forget about it for a little while. Because, I, I I mean, yeah. I really value, I think not writing is a big part of writing, yeah. and yet people need to do whatever it is they do. You know, we, we all do different things. I mean, I always, you know, go for a walk, and the length of the walk might depend on how much, and it's a process and and uh, get away from um, Sometimes sitting down at the the page or the screen and and just saying, "Well, I, you know, I am going to do it." Sometimes that that works, but I, I kind of it depends, you know, how how long it goes on for. And um, but I feel that we should be patient with ourselves, be be gentle with ourselves. And I think I think the right spot that goes on for a long time is is perhaps depression. I, I find some name for for, for depression, which might actually be affecting the writer's block might be a symptom of something bigger going on in in the person's life
0: yeah yeah i think you're definitely you're definitely speaking a lot a lot of wisdom there and i think i will kind of recalibrate what i what i think writer's block is and how to how to tackle it and it's been a pleasure talking to you today thank you so much for coming on the show as i say all of your books are now on my uh want to read uh pile on on goodreads um yeah you know the 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 best of luck with you know matilda windsor is coming home it looks like a fantastic read and uh yeah thank you again
1: thank you Stuart. i've really enjoyed chatting